1: There is, jeez, <laughs> oh, I don't even know what to say. Joe Burrow, who could pull that off? Who yes, could pull off Kramer in there. the amazing Technicolor right. Dream Coat? Right, better than you could. He can pull off anything he wants. The great conundrum of Macaulay Culkin grown up, being able to just do whatever he wants because he's just got the natural swagger. Joe Burrow enjoying the cigar after one of the playoff victories last year he's number four only number four on the chris sims top 40 quarterback countdown but still not bad for only two years in the nfl up from 17 a huge jump for burrow and i remember last year at this time you and i were both concerned how long is it going to take Definitely. for him to be healthy remember in the preseason right wasn't getting any reps yeah not sure about the knee all of a sudden out of the gates that week one game against minnesota it's like holy crap Bengals may have something this year, no doubt, no doubt. And you know, it's
2: it's he was 17 last year, but when I did the rankings, I I did say like, man, really, the knee was what made him 17. He would have been closer to the top 10 in that area, I think, if there wasn't the knee injury. You said a word though that I think describes him. He's the natural. He's the natural. He's just he's just a guy that just knows how to play quarterback and play it at a high level. He really is. There's not one thing I look at and go, oh, he's the best at that in the NFL, but in every category you go through, you go, oh, he's towards the top. He's right at the top and everything. So he's phenomenal that way. And what makes him special is the blend of surgicality. He can be like Drew Brees and boom, 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 and pick you apart and throw for 70% and just really like play within the offense and put the ball on the money just time after time. And not easy throws either. I mean, we're yeah, 20-yard back shoulder throw. Oh, boom, on the money. But can read coverages, understands how to look people off and really plays at a way more mature level than we're used to seeing a second year quarterback play. That's where he's really special. So doing that, but then he has the blend of surgical and then the backyard part, the escapability, it's, it's some of the best in football. It's right up there with Mahomes and Allen and what he does and within that escapability yes, we know he can run and do that but to me, this is maybe where he's the best in football. In the pocket, he is a slippery son of a bitch. I'll just say that. That's what he is. He makes more subtle moves and people miss and then makes plays and throws down the field. It's up there, again, with some of the best in the sport in that, in that discussion. And so that's where, to me, he separates himself. And, of course, he's smart. And as the season went on, he just got better and better. And I really thought, again, yes, this is why little projection of where he's going to be and the way he played at the end of the year that, yeah, I think he passed up guys like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Rodgers might be a little bit smarter. I understand that, but not so much that it makes up for the difference in the amount of plays that Joe Burrow makes. Plays that I go, that shouldn't be a positive, and it ended up being a positive for one reason. It's a guy that went to the Super Bowl with one of the worst offensive lines we've ever seen and he still got to the Super Bowl. It's the the worst offensive line we've seen in a Super Bowl. That maybe the Kansas City the year before in Mahomes, who of course is coming up on this list as well. But man, the guy has it all, and it, like you said, the it factor, the leadership, all of that is off the charts.
1: Hey, just think about it. If he had a little bit more time on that last exactly. play and they're gonna win fifty six, they're gonna win the game and he's gonna be higher than number four. He would be higher than number four. You're right. Maybe had, that influence. If he had just a little more time right, right, to yeah. see Jamar Chase maybe, yeah. open because Jalen Ramsey fell down. Can you imagine that? Let's spin it back and think about how the world would have reacted if the Bengals win the Super Bowl on a bomb where Ramsey falls down and Burrow just slips away from Aaron Donald just enough to hit him and wins. He'd be number two and number one. I don't know that you'd be able to put him in front of your boy Blue. I don't know about that, but but he would have done something that would, would have we ever seen a Super Bowl victory on essentially a walk off bomb? No,
2: no, we haven't. We definitely haven't. And yeah,
1: but that that's the kind of the guy, that's, we saw the Kurt Warner throw to Isaac Bruce in right, thirty four, but then the it. Titans drove down and almost forced overtime. Right, so it right, wasn't a walk off quite the same. This would have been basically see you later. We're the champions with a bomb. Yeah. No. To Jamar Chase. And that's the kind of
2: magic he's capable of. He is. You know, again, physical ability, it's top notch. You know, the the ability to read the field and play and smarts and all that, top notch. Leadership, effect on the football team, it's up there with anybody in the game. I mean, again, I was in that building. Joe is king. He's he's the king and everybody knows it and they love him and nobody resents him. And then the, in the pocket again, it's, I don't know. I mean, under pressure and there, is there a better quarterback under pressure? I, I would say that's where he's really, really special. And, uh, man, sky's the limit for Joe burrow.
1: Pre-snap two, his ability to access Definitely. the playbook. Definitely. Maybe go to a, a play that isn't in the game plan. Right. But, but I, I see this scenario and that started week one. Now look, Remember, in overtime of that week one game, Mike Zimmer and the Vikings decided to treat the 50-yard line like it was the goal line and put 11 guys there. But in that moment, what did Joe Burrow do? He saw it. He changed to a play that they had practiced like maybe once, and it was a throw that he made to C.J. Uzama, who just like one time in practice he had happened to throw it to him. Right. He was the third option on the play, and, and and that's the brain power pre-snap, the slipperiness. There was some of that Tom Brady... The sl- the Definitely. sliding in the pocket. Exactly right. But not but it's the Aaron Rodgers breaking out of exactly. the pocket and buying time that way. That's where
2: Mike, that's a great way to say it. That's what makes it special. He can stay in the pocket and, like you said, be Marino or Brady and be in that throwing position and go, Oh man, look at him work that pocket and stay ready to throw and boom, whoa, that was beautiful. But then when that is like, oh no, I can't stay here anymore, unlike Marino and Brady, yeah, he can get outside and do some do some damage. You know, I think you couple that with the way he plays, the aggressive nature to, you know, again, you know, one of the things that uh, I look at a little bit here is, yeah, you know, your, your aggressive nature, big plays, changing the game that way, you know, what are you doing again on some of the plays where nothing's there, you know, what are you doing to help your football team out? And, you know, one of the things that I kind of find interesting a little bit, cause we're going to talk. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I don't want to go there yet, but Burrow, Matthew Stafford, who is number six, Justin Herbert's going to be number three here in a minute. You know, these are guys that are towards the top of football in interceptions last year. Top of football. But with the way their teams played and what they do and all that, they had to push the envelope, especially Burrow and Herbert, a little bit. And, again, with the interceptions, okay, yeah, we want to improve it a little bit, but I think the other thing that I look at is go – yeah, but it, man, do they put a lot of pressure and scare the shit out of a lot of defenses because well, they're not and they're looking not for worried about hey, And exactly. they're not
1: worried about throwing an interception that's, like Aaron Rodgers in crunch time of a playoff
2: game. That's it, Mike. Exactly right. And I just think, again, it just emphasizes the point of we're in the NFL right now. Quarterbacks got to go win the game. You, you can't go, well, I'll wait for them to lose it. You just can't. And I think we're seeing, like, hey, we saw Drew Brees, surgicality, efficiency, boom, 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 Aaron Rodgers, here it is, surgicality, efficiency. And where is that getting them right now? Nowhere. You're seeing guys that are throwing flamethrowers and making plays are the ones that are going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. And I think that
1: is where Burrow and these guys we're going to talk about today are are really freaking special. And as we said earlier in the show, it's not just about the talent – with which you roll out of bed it's what you do with it it's the constant effort to make yourself better to make changes where you need to and one of the things that joe burrow did last year change mechanics to get more power chris was with burrow earlier this week here's part of their conversation on that specific topic
2: you don't mind just getting back into a little bit more of the mechanics because I'm, like, intrigued with the fact that you're Joe Burrow. You're the number one pick of the draft. You were having a great rookie year. You came away from the year going, I got to get better at a few things. And, you know, you made a lot of comments, and I saw it, and I heard your coaches comment about your arm strength and just talking about putting a little more power on the football. So... Kind of just what went into that like what brought you there what was the point where you went i need to throw the ball a little harder
3: yeah and then kind of what did you do to to, well, to fix it it was really some of the elements in the afc north you know realizing because i grew up in ohio played high school football in ohio but then i played my college ball in baton rouge and right. the weather's always great right and then you come up here and it's windy and it could be cold and i couldn't cut the ball through the wind the way i really wanted to right and then I had the knee injury and I thought it was a great opportunity to kind of start from the ground up with my throwing motion. Gotcha. Because I'm gonna, at some point, I'm gonna just have to sit here and throw because I'm not gonna be able to move around. Right. And so that was the beginning of the entire process. Just being more connected with my body and my legs when I was just standing and throwing, coming off that surgery and trying to figure out ways to get a little more power and torque just standing there and then it just continued to grow and then you know, you're doing rehab, and getting your hips. Yeah. I mean, my hips were stronger than they had ever been. Right. Just because of all the rehab I was doing for my knee, and it translated to to more power on the football. Who co- who coaches you with this stuff? Who watches you over over you? Are you doing this by yourself, or you got somebody you trust? So uh, Jordan Palmer helps me a lot. Yep. I right. Out in Cali. Jordan's the man. So I try to go there for a right. week every year. Right. Get a little tune-up before camp. Yep. Try to get one right after the season, um, and then a lot of it's on my own. You know. I've take stuff from him and apply it to my game, and then I'll find some stuff that I that I think I can apply to myself and find that and, you know, just tweak little things here and there every year.
1: Interesting conversation for the full back and forth between Joe Burrow and a human black and white cookie. Check out Chris Sims Unbutton <laughs> next week. But that's good. That's good stuff. You know, he's very self-aware. He is. And he's very down-to-earth. Right. And yeah. he's not overly secretive and guarded right a lot of guys don't want to don't want to open the doors to the laboratory and talk too much about the process but you know there's no no big mystery no. he's doing what he has to do to get better no exactly right always that's all he's thinking about and
2: then yeah he just got a way of yes explaining things being honest we got into a little conversation about gripping a wet ball in the rain and he says he's got a little trick for there that he didn't want to tell so he is he is he is keeping some. You don't of want secrets. Kenny
1: Pickett figuring yeah, yeah, it out. Yeah, you're
2: right. He's like, I, I don't want to tell everybody because I think I got a trick that really helps, and I don't want to let other quarterbacks know. So that's when he kept close to the vest. But you could see again. That's why the guy, the natural, yeah, it's it's natural, God given ability, but the natural too because him working hard comes very natural to him and wh- how he approaches the game, and that's why to me he's. You know, got that Brady-Manning quality of just being the general but having the right touch of, wait, I'm the general, but I'm not the jerk, and we can hang out and maybe listen to some hip-hop music every now and then, and I'll smoke
1: a cigar and we'll dance and whatever else. He's he's pretty cool, and that's why he's Cool Joe. He's really transformed the Bengals organization in two seasons. How you feel about – the team. When you hear the name, how you feel about them when you see the uniforms that you used to hate, that you now look at and say, "Hey, those aren't so bad." Now they did. They did tweak <laughs> they them, them nicely. nicely. They did last year. Yes. But even the helmet that you despise is starting to look better to you. Yeah, it,
2: it is. It, it's the, it, It's amazing, and that's where this. Is, some of these young quarterbacks, they're they just. They don't flinch about the aura of like the teams that we look at and go, oh man, you are going to go there, and but they just they just kind of take it head on and go, nope, I am going to change the narrative of this team, and you'll think differently from now on, from here on out. And I think that's what's kind of cool about Burrow. I feel like Mahomes kind of did the same thing in Kansas City, you know. So it, it's a new breed of quarterback that seems to kind of relish the pressure in these situations and changing that narrative.
1: The Chiefs weren't. A downtrodden team, but they were a team that for years had a ceiling, a very hard ceiling on how far they could go, and it was just kind of accepted. uh, you know they're going to be competitive, they're going to be around, but they're going to find a way to crap the bed and and not make it through to the playoff or to the to the Super Bowl or even close to the Super Bowl. And Mahomes changed everything right away. So Burrow changed everything. For the Bengals, he was talking to reporters earlier this week, too, about his contract. He's going to be eligible for contract number two after this year, and he says he's not thinking about it. But I guarantee you, when the time comes, he deserves every penny that he's going to command if he keeps doing this year what he's done his first two. Another guy who's one year away from contract number two and one spot higher than Joe Burrow, even though he's never met. What in the world is that? Even though he's never met. We need one of these with you throwing up into a trash can. Justin Herbert, number three after two seasons in the National Football League, still somehow drafted behind Tua. I still, as time goes by, how, I'm sorry, no disrespect whatsoever to Tua, non. How in the world, how in the world did anyone think that Tua was going to be a better NFL prospect and player than this six foot six, howitzer for an arm? Justin Herbert who can do everything can do everything right I mean just got unbelievable
2: God-given talent and size probably when the pockets clean the best pure thrower of the football in the NFL in my opinion that, that, and, and, and I don't say that lightly because we're going to talk about two guys before this but when things are all good and he can mechanically step in step into the ball the right way and be uh, he's, it's just a bullseye one after another And then, of course, can do it so many different ways. Oh, hey, you need me to take a little heat off the ball to get it over the guy and throw the 20 yard out route, but it's still kind of be a laser, even though I took heat off of it. I mean, that's it's just it's so much of this, Mike. When he can set up and be in good positions, like, forget about it. No chance defense, you're screwed. It's it's Justin Herbert. He's going to throw a dime down the football field. And then I would also say within that conversation, in the pocket, people around him, you know, things are getting crowded. He's in the conversation for being the best in football with a crowd of people around him as well. Man, does he make a lot of big throws and, and have a lot of big moments where the pockets collapse and people hanging on him and it doesn't matter. But the ability and the aggressive nature to see coverage the right way and then, Uh, You know, again, what we're talking about with Burrow and Herbert is to throw the ball into windows that, you know, I think a lot of the quarterbacks in football would go, I'm not going to do that. But he's got a great feel, one, because of his talent, but got a great feel for the game overall and how he sees things. And that allows him to have the confidence to throw a ball like that. That is absolutely insane in the membrane. And then this as well. Of course, he can move, like you said. He can do everything. You see him shuffling along, another big time throw in a big moment. For Justin Herbert, the athleticism, this is something I think he needs to do more. He's a guy, if I was going to say one negative about him, I'd go, he needs to play backyard football a little bit more. Sometimes he'll sit there and wait and go, wait, I'm going to jam this ball in there. I'm going to look at this guy. He'll get open eventually, and then I'm going to throw a laser in there. That's an area he can get a little bit better at, in my opinion. But damn, across the board, the guy can do it all, and he's unreal physical ability, like we talked about, Mental smarts, all of that, are really, really damn good, you know. And then, you know, leadership and stuff. He does it a different way. He's quiet, but as we know, the team has a tremendous confidence in him. And then in the pocket, you know, it's damn good too because of his size and athletic
1: ability. Man, he's a special football player. His performance in regular season game two seven two, the last game of the season, the back and forth, that epic. That, that Just a little taste of what the playoffs were going to be like. We've forgotten how great that game was because the playoffs were so awesome. He was spectacular. He was fourth down. Justin Herbert getting it done. Thriving on fourth down. Amazing. Time and time again. I just think that's something. We're always looking for things that carry over to the next year. Yes. I think that last performance right. from Justin Herbert mm-hmm. carries over and I think fuels this idea that he's top four, top three in the NFL.
2: Well, yes. I, I think, you know, again, I think that's just a yes, like a, the, tipping, the tipping point or the tip of the iceberg to what we're about to see here with Justin Herbert. Mike, just coming away and, and watching the majority of his throws from his, the year, you just come away going, oh, my gosh, it's unreal the amount of big time throws he makes. And of course he does it with such ease at times too. We don't even give it credit because we just go, man, he just, it just looked so easy, but he's opened up the playbook. You know, one, he can throw the ball anywhere he wants, but he's, he's given them the ability to, Hey, play action and run to the right and roll all the way to the numbers. And now throw a post route, 60 yards back across the field, to Mike Williams. Oh, boom on the money. No problem. So like a Mahomes or a Josh Allen in that way too, He's given, you know, the offensive coordinator, what do they say? Cart, Cart Blanche or what do they say there? Cart Blanche. Cart well done. Blanche. Well okay. Done. He did just to go, you just draw it up and don't worry, coach. I'll, I'll hit it. So he's got it all. He really does. And he's really, really special. And more special than really, honestly, I even realized when you go back and really kind of study him on a, a one-on-one basis.
1: And by the way, by the way, again, this is not intended to be to a Shade. We, we, we will not question the assessment of Tyreek Hill from six days ago that he's more accurate than Patrick Mahomes, or at least we won't question it any more than we already have. However, I'm looking at the Chris Sims 2020 draft rankings at quarterback. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Right. One, two, three, four. Right. So I still, I still, how, how, how? Was it just because it was tank for Tua, and Tua was the guy that was regarded as the camp miss prospect going into the season, and it was some sort of a steal because he had the broken hip? I don't see how you look at these two guys and say that you would take Tua over Justin Herbert. I don't know how you do it, I, Mike. I, I, it's, it's something we talked a little
2: bit about the draft this year, you know, and it's just this, this, this like. Snowball that rolls down of positivity, and you can't get out of it. Tua, he was one of the top recruits coming out, right? Rivals.com, and everybody's got him. So that, like, that stays in every, oh, he's top recruit. Oh, he's going to Alabama, and he's got to be good. Oh, my gosh. Then he comes in for Jalen Hurts in the national championship game and throws a touchdown. Whoa, legend, legendary status. And then, of course, they don't lose any freaking games other than, like, you know, one or two the rest of his career. The stats are good. You know, but we also forget that whoa, there's like eight first-round receivers on his football team with them, like no joke, eight of them. And and everyone just takes all of that stuff and gives two of the credit. That's the arrow we're in. That's why the quarterback ranking started. It's why they started, really. Back to Blake Bortles to go. Wait, the reason Jacksonville's all over the place is because the team's awesome. The quarterback's not. It's the, I know the team is still winning and the record's good, but it ain't because of the quarterback. And we give too much credit to that. People get lost to that. They lose their their ability to evaluate with all the biases that get
1: thrown out of them from the things you're talking about and I'm talking about. The most cutting assessment and criticism of any quarterback that I've ever heard came from you early in our time together beginning five years ago. Blake Bortles, and I quote, was not put on earth to throw a football (laughs) good lord (laughs) the last thing that any quarterback wants to hear from another quarterback hey Blake you were not put on earth to throw a football yeah I I sorry I I mean I am but but it's your honest assessment and where is he now yes I I respect the fact that the guy is still hanging around yeah he's trying the the lower reaches of give me a call and put me as the last guy on your depth chart at a certain point I think you just say I've made my money I'm not I'm I'm done I'm done playing this game where I show up for a week here and a week there as the guy they just cut as soon as somebody's healthy again. I respect him for continuing to, 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 to just go at it. I I won't be surprised to see him in one of the spring leagues at some point. It's going to put him on the field and let him play if he loves football em- enough to do it. I mean he's like that golfer that's not very good, but he loves doing it, then then more power to him. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, I, it's 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 I, I like I'm not not one of
2: my proudest moments, but it, it, it No, it,
1: I think it was great. It's a perfect assessment. I know. I, well yeah, I I'm was trying to make a point. It. It's it, the kind of candor that makes us different than than the than the you know, the shows out there that that uh'll we'll try to blind you with positivity we 're trying to be realistic we 're not trying to be negative we 're just trying to be realistic yeah
2: that that's right, just trying to be realistic and
1: again it, just it's it's a it 's a hot button topic in
2: you know the sport as far as you know where how to evaluate quarterbacks, how much to give them the you know how much you know credit do we give them for the team's success, how do we balance all of that it 's the toughest thing about this exercise that I do right here it is, and uh this was a nitpicky group here, but i mean i you know, the top five, I think, is was clearly the top five. All right, Mike? And, and Herbert and Burrow, yeah, I do think at the end of the year surpassed Aaron Rodgers. And I never thought I was going to go into this process. And, again, I'm even projecting a little growth from, you know, they're going to get better this offseason. They are. Uh, it's going year two to year three. So they're still going in this trajectory, and they're playing phenomenal football and really two of the best players in the sport already at a very
1: young age, and they ain't going anywhere anytime soon. And continuing on today's theme of it's a combination of talent plus what you put into it. Here's Justin Herbert from yesterday talking about his love of football being so strong that he doesn't want any days off. Hashtag no days off. No days off. Here he is.
0: I think the great thing about football for me is I need football. And, you know, I love waking up and going to work and lifting, running, throwing, and watching film. And, um, you know, I think too much off time can kind of – be a burden to me sometimes so i always look forward to having stuff to do and whether that's watching film or whether that's throwing um or being out here for otas i think that's what i just kind of look forward to i feel like i'm kind of on vacation right now um you know i i think if you're taking a vacation, you're trying to get away from something. But, you know, I always look forward to coming to this place and working and, and, and doing all these fun things. So going home, I'll, I'll do the same thing, try and have as much fun as I can with my family and things like that. But, uh, you know, it is kind of work and, and get ready for the season. Yeah, I feel like I just get bored sometimes without football. And, and, you know, Saturdays and Sundays are nice, but at the same time, like, I'd rather be playing and, and having something to do because I hate hanging around my house and not doing anything or accomplishing anything. So, um, you know, having something to look forward to, I think that really helps me.
1: Just awesome stuff and it's the right attitude who likes hanging around the house doing nothing you got to have something going on and he wants to have football going on what he said right out of the gates is the kind of thing that the nfl has to love it's a t-shirt slogan the great thing about football is i need football seriously i mean yes
2: Uh, that then that's what you want to hear from your quarterback and i think you know again the top four guys that we're talking about here you know burrow herbert you know and of course you know Allen and Mahomes I don't know which order they're coming in but they're coming up obviously they have that like ability to relate to players be cool be one of the guys but also show that like wait I am I can be psycho robot quarterback guy but not so much though that I'm not relatable and can't lead you guys and still, you know, really bring us together in the right way. Uh, I think that's where these guys are
1: special. For young quarterbacks, they really have the magic touch as far as people skills go. Chris does know who number two and number one is. He does know that. He's just keeping the rest of us yes. in suspense. Right. The suspense will end for the PFT Live audience because when we return, we'll talk about number two and number one. We'll be back with that right after this.
2: Josh Allen waiting on the sidelines, desperate for a chance. First and goal at the 8. Mahomes gets the shotgun snap. Pumps, throws for the end zone to Kelsey. Adjusting, makes the catch. Touchdown! Travis Kelsey with a touchdown in the back right corner of the end
1: zone. Kansas City wins it. (laughs) number two number two uh uh-oh so we have it's kind of like the the you know we reveal the first runner up so we know who the winner is it's down to josh allen and patrick mahomes there's patrick mahomes at number two even though he bested allen in one of the best games we have ever seen the division around overtime classic between the chiefs and bills that finally forced the nfl to tweak the overtime rules, to give Josh Allen a chance to match or beat what Patrick Mahomes did on that first drive of overtime. Mahomes has, you know, it's only been five years. I know. Right? Yeah. But it just feels like, wait, 18, 19, 20, 21, four years as a starter. It feels like he's been
2: around forever. It does. Well, he's, cause he's, he's already an all time great. I mean, it, it, I don't even want to say he's two. I want to be like he's one A in this. These are these are two guys where I mean, Mahomes is a first ballot Hall of Famer already, in my opinion. He's he's going down. He's already on the trajectory of being the greats of the greats that way. He's the coolest QB in the NFL and probably the most fun to watch in the NFL. I mean, his creativity, the way he delivers the football, there's nobody like Patrick Mahomes. All the different arm angles, the ability to make unreal completions with the body being in awkward positions and everything. I mean, it's it's all special. I mean, he's got incredible touch and anticipation. For a guy that has a strong arm, he doesn't rely just on his arm all the time to make unreal plays. But this stuff, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, come on. That's insane. On the run, awkward position, that's where him and Allen are special. Allen and him and their arms, when in awkward positions and making throws, they have the strongest arms In when it's like, oh, whoa, that was a weird delivery, or whoa, they feet were cockeyed. They can just make so many unbelievable, magical plays that way. Let alone, again, we're talking about a guy that's you know smart, sees the field for the most part really well. We know he can run and be a real danger this way, and his running got better as the year went on, and I think his toe got healthier. But then you know, the arm angles and all of this, I mean, nobody does this stuff. I mean, it's, 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 it's like 10 of these every game, off the back foot, cockeyed throwing across the field, running to the left, but I'm a righty, but I'm still going to throw across the field. I mean, it's all crazy. You know, that's that's where he's just really special. And, of course, he's a leader. It has great effect on his team, and that team thinks they can win any time he's on the football field, Mike. I mean, he's, he's a showman. He's an ultimate showman, and he's definitely one of the best players in the game. In fact, he's the second best player in the game right now for my money. But, man, I love me some Patrick Mahomes.
1: All the things he does defy what coaches wanted all those years. They want the mechanics, the form, the hips, everything just right to get maximum tw- – he, he's a shortstop who plays football yes and i remember him explaining this to me early in the patrick mahomes experiences we were all trying to process this thing that that was so different than what we'd ever seen hey when you're playing shortstop you don't have the luxury to set up and throw you get the ball in the glove and you got to get rid of it asap you may be falling down you may be fading backward You may be moving left. You may be moving right. You may be coming forward. You may be going backward. Regardless, you got to muster the strength in your arm, not your legs and butt or your core, but in your arm to get that ball to where it needs to be as quickly as possible. A hundred percent.
2: And he does it and does it at such a high level, and he's so good at it that we really do take it for granted. We do. There is so many throws every game where I come away and go, Nobody would even attempt that or no one would be able to even try to could try to make that a completion and he makes it a completion and it's like accurate and on the money. Oh, wait, I'm in the pocket. There's a guy crossing the field. There's nowhere to throw the football. I got to go down here to throw it sidearm to Travis Kelsey, who's 20 yards down the field. Nobody in football would attempt that nobody in football. in a lot of those situations, they just go, let me move on to another receiver, but there he is going, oh, boom, I hit it, and we got another 20 yards after the catch for it, 40-yard gain. And that's where he's special. So we know he can run the offense, but he makes so many plays and throws in the pocket where we just go, oh, Mahomes being Mahomes, and I want to go, yeah, Mahomes being Mahomes, and him and, like, only one other guy in football can do that. And, And really, you know, through the pantheons and the history of the sport, you know, only a few people can do what he does. He's really special that way. The biggest reason he's number two, Mike, and I think you know this, and this won't be a shock. He just last year he did not play his best football. He did not. He just he was careless with the football. He was not good in the pocket through periods of the year. You know, you see, yes, he lost his way a few times throughout the year getting strip sack fumbles a few times during the year this game especially was one of his worst there is people open all over the place in this football game and he just was not content with let me throw the 5 and 8 yard completion i got to throw a 70 yard bomb every play and got ran himself into trouble a whole lot took some unnecessary hits so, so that's why he fell just a little bit mike you know there was there was a time of the year where He was not playing Mahomes-level style of football and just being a little too crazy altogether and not taking some of what the defense was just giving him, and that's why they went through a little bit of a rough spot in the middle of the year, and a lot of it had to do with him
1: and some of the bad decisions he was making. Is it possible? I hadn't really thought of it this way. Yeah. Is it possible that the decision to move on from Tyreek Hill at some level Was motivated by taking away the temptation, the constant temptation to fire it deep. One of those plays, at least one of those plays in that pack, was a ball that was forced to Tyreek Hill. If he's not down there, you know, 10 yards behind the defense while Patrick Mahomes is running around, he's got to find somebody else. And we know he can find somebody else and try to fit it through the keyhole to where it needs to go. I wonder if they're thinking the next level in the development of Patrick Mahomes as a full field quarterback is to take away and I hate to call it a safety blanket. I know. But it can become a crutch where and it's not a crutch. It's I again, we know how he is. He said it. He wants to do that. He wants, he wants to throw the big a deep. in big plays
2: and that stuff. He He does. wants to do right. that.
1: And maybe for him, his best interest long term are better mastering everything else and getting the most out of everything else that's there. And maybe they're assessing the situation as he can still be better if he's just not thinking about trying to uncork a 60 yard throw. I I, I think there's some logic to that. I I mean, it's something that, you know, I've been, I've had
2: to talk about on the radio a little bit with people and stuff and, I do, you know, I find myself a lot of times going, I'm not sure that this won't be great for Patrick Mahomes. And the fact of just stop looking for the one guy to make the big play and go, wait, I don't have that guy, but I got a lot of good guys. And let me play within the offense a little bit more true to form that way. And, you know, I think we can find them maybe being a little bit more diverse and surgical, for lack of a better way to say it that way. I do. And maybe that makes him better in the pocket, too. Because, Mike, that's one thing that, you know, The when I came away and watched it, an incredible scrambler, but not good in the pocket like not, like uh, Burrow or Herbert or Josh Allen, who we're going to talk about in a minute. Too many times of floating into problems and floating backwards and I think a little bit has to do with what you're talking about because he's going wait let me buy some more time because Tyreek's going deep here maybe I'm going to launch it let me do that and then it causes ripple effects that are problems for their offense but you know that I, I hear a little bit like Deshaun Watson when he lost DeAndre Hopkins I know their team didn't do well but we all came back away from that year going I think that might have been the best year of Deshaun Watson's career. Because he really played the offense in the game a little bit more true to form that way instead of always looking for the splash play. And I wouldn't be shocked to see that happen with Mahomes and company this year.
1: And Patrick Mahomes will never admit this. Because he's not wired to engage in this kind of, of direct, borderline hostile banter. But all that stuff Tyreek Hill said last week, I guarantee you, that's another log on the fire A hundred percent.
2: A hundred percent. Yes, yes. I mean, he's probably like, "Are you kidding me? He's more accurate than me? Are you are you crazy?" I mean, again, I don't I don't believe that Tua is accurate, but he ain't as accurate as Patrick Mahomes. No way. I mean, Mahomes' his accuracy on high degree difficulty of throws. You know, it's it's through the roof. And of course, some of those are going to be incomplete. Where I'd go again, it's like Tua wouldn't even attempt to throw that football there. And, and you know, Mahomes is going to go 7 out of 10 on that throw today, and Tua's not even going to try it. So he's going to lose 30 percentage completion percentage points on, you know, a throw that Tua wouldn't do. That's where I don't think it's apples to apples there in that conversation. But uh, I- I'm excited to see Mahomes. I wonder with Mahomes a little bit if the year they lost to the Bucks kind of filtered into last year a little bit because he was so badly – protected passing the football that year like Burrow was this past year and they still got to the Super Bowl and it was really because Mahomes magic and what he did I feel like that year caused some bad habits that filtered into this year a little bit and he kind of finally fixed them later in the year and you know got playing the position the way he's normally playing it and I there's a part of me that feels that way Mike that that affected him a little bit
1: All right, that was number two. Then there was one, the only one, the last one, Chris's boy Blue. There he is riding the horse off to save the day, except in overtime when he doesn't get a chance to even touch the football. But if it happens again, he will. Josh Allen, number one, Bill's quarterback. Hard to argue, hard to argue, even with all these other great quarterbacks. We've seen a couple of spectacular seasons from Josh Allen, and there's a reason why more money is being wagered on the Bills than any other team to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I mean these are both my guys.
2: I really love these two. It was splitting hairs. But Josh Allen, for my money, is the best quarterback in the football right now. He's the greatest one-man show in the sport right now. And I don't think there is another team in football that asks their quarterback to do more to win the football game than Josh Allen. And, you know, Josh Allen, where we know the great physical talent, it's arguably the best arm in football. And I would say, again, you know, in awkward positions and things like that, it is. It's the strongest arm. He can throw lasers from some of the weirdest spots you'll ever see. I mean, watch some of these plays, everybody. These Some of these plays are insane. And they don't – nobody does this to New England. Like, nobody. Okay? But he has times where he is not – He's indefensible. You can't stop him. It doesn't matter how great your defense is or what you do. He can make these plays off schedule that are like degree of difficulty, 10 throws, and he just throws bullseyes all the time. This one, I mean, again, the buying of the time is special, and the pressure he puts on you because he doesn't just look to run. He's looking to throw. He was trying to throw this ball out of bounds, but either way, the magic he has and just – you know, extending plays is special. But then, to me, where he had a little advantage of Mahomes, Mike, a little bit, again, I know I use this word, the surgicality within the pocket was at a greater level than Mahomes, and you could trust him with the decision-making. But then there's this aspect. The best running quarterback in the game, not named Lamar Jackson, is Josh Allen. He is the second-best running quarterback in the sport, whether it's scrambling and running, scrambling and set up to throw, or, hey, it's third and two, and – Yeah, we've only done this with Cam Newton, but Josh, you're like the same size, so we're going to pull the guard and you run behind him anytime it's third and short or anything, and either you know break the linebacker's ankles or run him over for a touchdown. That's all we're going to ask you to do. We only want you to carry the team with your right arm and carry the team with both your
1: legs. Other than that, you can relax today. That's why Josh Allen's the best quarterback in football right now. The one thing that impressed me the most of the plays that we showed, when he's running – Right to left, right, toward the sideline, full speed, and he's able to throw a ball I know. that has nothing on it. To to be able to control your arm when your body is moving like that. I mean, that's a situation where when you throw when you finally throw it, it's gonna be a laser. Nope. He put the touch on the throw that he needed to put on the throw. I'm watching all those different throws he makes and it's like this is exactly what you're talking about with Trey Lance. This is what Trey Lance needs to develop into instead exactly. of the right one one throw laser all the time this is why there's a benefit in varying sometimes you need to throw the laser yes like the throw in the pocket where he fired it down the right side right exactly showed right but a lot of times the angle the speed the trajectory it's all conducive to getting the ball into the guy's hands at the right time and in a way that he can catch it that it's going to be easier to catch it right it's it's just amazing to see the full array of skills that josh allen has play out in that minute or so of of highlight. No, it, it
2: is. It is really special. And then I think when you add on top of that, that the guy can play in the pocket and make the right decisions to make throws. That's where you just go, you know, it's special. And of course we're talking about super bowl and all that for one reason with the Buffalo bills. And that's Josh Allen. Cause it it's hit, it's hit Patrick Mahomes status to where we just expect it to be in that conversation. It doesn't matter. And where I would press the issue with Josh Allen is, Hey, Josh Allen, he doesn't have the talent around him that Mahomes, Burrow, or Justin Herbert have at receiver. You know, Gabe Davis, I know, he came on strong there in that last game, and we all have that image of him. He still was caught 500 yards worth of balls last year. Cole Beasley's on another team, and it's towards the end. Emmanuel Sanders is on no team. You know, Dawson Docks has got some talent, but he's young and kind of raw. I mean, he's doing it with digs. And then a bunch of guys that are kind of like, whoa, well, we think they could be something of potential. It's not like he's got, you know, T. Higgins, Boyd, and Chase, and Azuma, or, you know, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, mccoll Hardman, and, you know, another guy to go along with it, or Mike Williams, and uh, 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 Keenan Allen, and Guyton, and Jared Cook. You know, to me, he's, he's doing the same thing those guys are doing but with a lesser cast of characters around him. And to me, that's also special and I think needs to be pointed out about Josh Allen a little bit more.
1: Gabriel Davis had four touchdowns. catches in it's coming. In He's coming. Game, I though. got coming. coming.
2: I know. It's coming. He He's, was great as
1: a rookie, and right. it kind of tailed off a little bit last year, but it exploded in that playoff game. It did, and, and he needs he to be He can step big. up to right. be the, the number two across from Stephon Diggs. And if they would go get Odell Beckham Jr., remember we said it last year, if the Bills had been the ones who were aggressive about Von Miller and Odo Beckham Jr., they would have been the ones who won the Super Bowl. Oh, and they currently have Von Miller. Maybe they will add OBJ before it's all said and done. Maybe if OBJ sees those clips of Josh Allen highlights, so, he decides he's interested in playing in Buffalo. So
2: you're not, you don't think I'm crazy or anything there? Honestly, Josh Allen being number one on my list has been you know, more well-received than I was expecting, honestly. I, I, I can't lie. I, I think – I feel like – How do you how do you How do you argue against it? It's funny. I feel like if I made this list, you know, in week 12 of last year, people would have gone, no, that's crazy. But I feel like the end of the regular season game in New England where Allen played out of his mind and won that game, and then the playoff game where he played out of his mind and won the game against the Patriots, and then the Kansas City game, I feel like those three games – changed the public perception of josh allen to where the people that were like wanting to be a hater on him or on the fence with him a little bit finally were like well it's inevitable this guy's freaking awesome there's no way i can really deny it anymore and i feel like that kind of turned the the tide for him a little bit that way
1: the one that stands out to me in the top 20 and yeah i thought we were gonna go whole show without talking about him no it's deshaun watson at 13 because if he plays he's not 13 i know i know but i don't think he's gonna play so it doesn't matter no, but if I, he's able no. to play, he's much higher than 13. Yes.
2: I don't know if he's there right away. That's why I was a little bit like – that's where he was the toughest one. I don't think he's going to be much better than 13 right away. But to your point, if he did play and he got going week 10, you know he could be – yes, we could be getting there go, ah, actually, he's the fifth-best quarterback in football. And that's where Deshaun Watson was certainly one of the hardest guys of, on this list for me. But,
1: but, but again, but again, I I mean, you could put – not applicable next I know. to his name. I because know. I, however it plays out, out there, during the, right. the five weeks that we're off, when we come back in five weeks, I assume there's going to be greater clarity and we'll have a better sense. Yes, no, up, down, play, not play. But I think it's trending toward not play right now. All right, when we return, we are just six days away from the U.S. House Oversight Committee conducting a hearing into the Washington commander situation. Two important invitations were extended One was accepted, one was declined. We'll get up to speed on that one. PFT Live continues right after this. The invitations were sent out on June 1. The responses came on the same day, June 15. Commissioner Roger Goodell will testify, appearing virtually next week before the U.S. House Committee on Oversight and Reform. Washington Commanders owner Daniel Snyder will not four-page single space letter sent by his lawyer to the committee explaining the reasons why, including issues of fairness and due process, and are you going to give me the documents you're going to ask me about, and yada, yada, yada. The one thing that really stood out, Snyder claims that he has a long-standing conflict. Yeah, out of the country? A Commanders-related business conflict i thought the guy wasn't involved with the team roger what's going on here he's not involved unless he is involved remember goodell went over that whole thing in late march about how snyder's not involved and then the washington times reported the next day oh he's there all the time he's involved i mean come on he's citing that that is the ultimate middle finger To the league office are you going to take this roger that the guy that you have supposedly sidelined is still involved and he's citing it as the reason for not showing up at the hearing that you're showing up well not literally but he's going to be involved in it a commander's related business conflict when he's not supposed to be involved with the commanders at all are you kidding me i couldn't believe it i asked the league for comment and of course the crickets are making cricket sounds because the league isn't going to want to engage this. It's I, amazing. I, I he's not really supposed to be involved. It. And he is ducking this committee appearance by citing a commander's related business conflict. When he's not supposed to be involved in the business. I, I
2: Mike, I didn't even really put that together. I'm not going to lie. And then sit here and try to BS my way through that. You, I mean, you're, you're right. I never even really thought about that aspect of it. I, I, I don't know why. I guess I, I kind of thought like, damn, he was uh, able to do business and be back in the job a little bit with them. But it, either way, it's just fishy. And, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it just, yeah, it just seems weird. It does. I don't buy but, the excuse. I mean, I, it, you know, I, I don't know. The NFL mission is going to earn in his $65 million. in, June, this, in but, Europe. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I, look, if, you, if it's a priority to you, you find a way to be there. The bottom line is his priority is to not be grilled by this committee. He doesn't want any part of it because he knows what will happen if he's asked tough questions and he's under oath and he has to answer them. He knows it's not going to go well. It's better to not go and take the heat than to show up and get grilled. Let me ask you this. Just your thought on this. Because this is also. I just thought of
2: this, you know, when I saw it yesterday. Do you think they're in cahoots here a little bit? Do you think the NFL is going, wait, I'll go, but Daniel, let's come up with an excuse and you don't have to go. Do you think they would play that angle? I don't think it's good for the NFL
1: to have him go. I don't think it is. Okay. Regardless of what they think about him, regardless of whether they're going to try to push him out, it's not good for the NFL. It's not good for anybody if he shows up and testifies. So even though they're going to take a hit for it, it's better than the hit they would take if he showed up and testified. Now we'll see what happens with Roger Goodell. But as I've said, it's not going to be like a press conference where you get asked a question, you give a non-answer, and then the next person asks you a completely different question. The next question is going to be, sir... You did not answer my question. Right. So that'll be the challenge next week. All right, let's take a break. More PFT Live right after this.
0: It's a slow news cycle, so I guess uh, Mike Florio picked something up yesterday.
1: Anytime we have any discussion among the various PFT writers about what story we want to cover or not cover, what do we post, what do we not post, I remind them, any month that starts with J-U... The bar is lower than what it would be the rest of the year. We just spent 64 minutes talking about two guys who might be number two quarterbacks. That is the power of PFT right there. I am very curious about one question and one question only when it comes to horse racing. Does the horse have any idea what he or she has accomplished? Yeah, I mean, they're basically Kardashians, aren't they?
2: Yeah, that's what the uh, royal family is. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah. so they they'd probably not like to be held in that same exact light. They think they probably <laughs> yeah, a Frenchie. Th- they can't even have birth. We have to help them to have birth. How Thank is that you. a real animal? If you can't have birth to your if you're gonna have birth to your own kids, I don't know how you're a real animal. Which is not. It's a human concoction. We
1: got to fill two hours.
2: Sometimes yeah, it takes right. a little good talk, a little, little life stretch. Talk. All right,
1: a little a little stretch. I am on the cutting edge. Of twerking. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, the stuff that happens after the draft, when we have our two hours to get through. Although what happens is we we take our time in that first segment. The show has evolved to the point where we have an opening segment that lasts anywhere from 40 to 60 minutes and then we spend the second hour cramming in all the stuff we want to get to like we are again today. Yeah, we are. Well, I but again, I I don't want to sacrifice our early
2: show conversations. I kind of enjoy that. I know there's some days we got to like jump right in and we got a lot of stuff or there's a big story, but man, in this time of the year I like to shoot the proverbial shit with you every now and <laughs> then. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. for lack of a better term. <laughs> yes, um, for lack of a better way. <laughs> have,
1: have, have you gotten any blowback at all from anyone that we've been dropping S-bombs like, like a dog? I've gotten two calls grease? from
2: our, our boss, Sam Flood, and every time I've got it, I've looked at my phone going, Oh, no. Okay, all right. He's not going to like that I said the S word three times on the show today. And that, not a word. Not a word.
1: So I haven't heard anything about I it I know. Either. This
2: is great. I love it. It is. And so it's, it's, I'm becoming more of a fan of Peacock than I originally thought. I was sad to go off NBC Sports Network, but this freedom on Peacock is quite fun.
1: They're, they're, they're telling us we have to go to break, and my reaction to that is, oh, shit. We'll be back <laughs> with we'll more PFT Live right after this. all-time best of seven series we would have loved to have seen in the NFL It's, it's good, good. I like it the basketball game is tonight Well you were complaining about it yesterday see you were complaining about it yesterday because you weren't ready for it I don't love the draft so uh, see, I see I actually I'm ready I it's my idea so I have to love it Oh that was your idea yeah <laughs> That's good. Well done, Chris Sims Draft Dodger. Well done, EJ. Getting the work done in fewer than two hours. Okay, so today's draft, as mentioned previously and more recently, best of seven series we would have loved to have seen in the national football league. Completely unrealistic, but I think a certain element of fun. Chris, have a shot at it. All right. I think I'm going to go back to the 90s. Um,
2: To me, one of my favorite Super Bowls ever, and certainly could have watched six more games with – you know, these two teams and the two quarterbacks going at it. And that's the the Broncos and the Green Bay Packers. That's Super Bowl. What was that? Super Bowl 31, right? I believe off the top of my head. That to me was two. So that was 32. Okay. 31. Yeah. 31 was with Packers, Packers Patriots. Patriots. Right. 30 was Steelers Cowboys. But that, that to me was one of the best Super Bowls ever. It had everything in it. You know, the NFC had been dominating for so long. We were at the point where we were like, the AFC team just can't win it. They're just not going to do it. And then, of course, it was the Elway factor, and Brett Favre was the new-aged Elway. And that that whole dynamic, to me, was special. Mike Shanahan, Terrell Davis, the running scheme, everything there. uh, I would
1: love to have seen a best-of-seven with those two. First one for me, without question, Without a doubt. We were robbed of the rematch because of the 1985 Patriots. It would be the 85 Bears and the 85 Dolphins. The only team to beat the Bears that year was the Dolphins on a Monday night. I still think the highest rated Monday night game ever, the biggest audience ever for a Monday night game. Dan Marino and company got it done. I would want to see those two teams go at it. Best of seven, best of nine, best of 11, best of 13.
2: Yeah, I, I, I hear you there. I, 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 that's a good one by you. You know, it's funny how it works out. How you know, like the Bears, as great as that team was, that Dolphins team might have been its kryptonite. To where, yeah, if they saw them in the Super Bowl, that might have been like the one team in football. Chicago might have been like, oh, geez, this one could be a toss-up. Uh, yeah, that that that's a, a special game. That was a special night. And uh, Marina was amazing, of course. At that point, all right. I
1: wonder if I wonder if the Dolphins tripped over the Patriots because they were thinking about the Bears. I, I know. I, I wonder. Yeah,
2: I know. I, I hear you there. I, I wouldn't be shocked by that. I would not. Yeah. Um, all right. This is where I'm a little torn here on which one I want to go with. I think I'm just I, I'm, I'm maybe cheating without the specific year because there was like four, three years where you could really say this. But I know what you're going. Cowboys, Forty – early nineties to me again, those games were so good. Those teams were so clearly the best teams in football that I would have loved to have seen, you know, a seven game series between those two. I really would. Uh, again, I think we you know, almost got one. I we almost got one in, in the playoffs. Right, right. And we got what two, uh, we got three years of them matching up in the NFC championship game. I mean, two out of the three, the game could have gone gone either way. You know, there was the one in the middle where the Cowboys clearly won it. But, man, the 49ers are Steve Young and Jerry Rice and that crew against Aikman and Irvin. I mean, wow. To me, that's that's one of the golden
1: era matchups of football right there. I'm going to go back just a couple of years ago. They didn't meet in the playoffs, but they met twice in the regular season, and they had an epic Week 17 game, the last game of the season, the 2019 Seahawks and 49ers, right? The 49ers ended up getting the best of the, the game, and they made it to the the Super Bowl, and, and almost won it, and they were up 10 points in the fourth quarter. But that Seahawks 49ers series, play, play that seven times that year. The, those two teams were as evenly matched as they could have been.
2: Yeah, uh, agreed. I mean, the Seahawks 49ers, is, yeah, it's, it's definitely been one of the, the better matchups in our league over the last 10 years. I mean, starting back in the early
1: 2011-12 there, those were some damn good teams and special matchups there as well. Let's take a break, and we'll do round three of our best of seven series we would have liked to have seen in the NFL when PFT Live concludes right after this. All right, one more round to go. I already have regrets about my second pick. I should have gone 2021 49ers-Rams, but still, still, Seahawks 49ers was special in 2019. Chris, round three, you're up. Okay, um... I'm going to go to 78, Steelers-Cowboys.
2: Uh, 78, I mean, again, you could go 78 or, you know, what was the other one? 75? Uh, and either one. 78
1: I, I, was a better Super Bowl, It was though. a better
2: Super Bowl. I'll bow to you since you were watching it live, old-timer, and you would know better than yeah, me. I was but, alive. Uh, yeah, it was 35-31. Yeah, you you talked about it at the break. Hollywood Henderson stripped the ball out of, you know, Terry Bradshaw's hand, ran it for a touchdown on the same week. The Jackie he said, Smith dropped. Yeah, sickest man in America. Bradshaw can't spell cat if he spouted them the C and the T. So they had some great storylines, let alone they were the two best organizations in the sport during that decade. I would love to see that. All
1: right. I thought about the 2008 Steelers Cardinals because that was one hell of a Super Bowl. Yeah, it was. Sneaky, great Super Bowl. And it was back and forth and back and forth. And I would have liked to have seen them keep going. I also thought about, what else did I think about? Um, well, you said Cowboys Steelers. I had Pat C the on there. Man. Here's Oh, and that really, when you consider Super Bowl 49, and and uh, Tom Brady talked about that yesterday with Dan Patrick too, how the Malcolm Butler interception was one of the all-time great defensive plays in league history, and uh, yeah, how, how can you deny right the accuracy of that assessment? Right. I'm going to go with a uh, two teams who didn't even meet in the year where I would have liked to have seen the best. Broncos Vikings, here we go. (laughs) There you go. How did you know? Broncos Vikings, 1998, the two best teams in the NFL that year. I I know. Thanks to Gary Anderson, who missed the 39-yard field goal, the only kick he missed the entire year – we didn't get to see Vikings-Broncos even once, but that would have been a great back-and-forth for seven games. No doubt. If it went seven.
2: It, no doubt. It was one of those years where there it was clearly two teams that were above the rest of the league in the NFL, and the Broncos and Vikings were that. And, yes, that was one of those where it, it would hurt to not see that matchup in the Super Bowl.
1: All right. It hurts to think about it. And uh, it hurts to be gone for the next five weeks. Chris, we'll see you soon. Everybody see else, one more day of PFT Live. See you tomorrow. See ya.
0: At Delta, we know Mike and 8 prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing.